You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brad Nickens. I'm from the cheap seats. Two guys who knew more about sports than all those guys who used to work at ESPN. Welcome to From the Cheap Seats, everybody. I'm Chris DeLambert. Brandon Atkins and Professor Trent Nichols are hanging out with me. Diamond Dave Kaplan maybe by before it's all said and done. And, yeah, we probably do know more about sports than those guys that used to work at ESPN. But I don't know if we know more about sports than the guys that currently work at Fox Sports. Okay. I don't know if you guys saw, but Fox NFL kickoff hired – Tony Gonzalez, which is an inspired choice. I've always loved Tony Gonzalez. I think everybody in America thought Tony would be a studio analyst or a talking head at some point. He's a great-looking guy, smart, well-spoken. Everybody loves him. Can't say anything bad about Tony Gonzalez, one of the best tight ends that ever played football, never got in trouble. He was a great basketball player back at Cal, if you remember Brandon. I do, because the last college game he played, where it was in the NCAA tournament against my Tar Heels. <laughs> yeah. When he was sent home. So I do remember that well. (laughs) On the other side of that equation, Fox is also hired to accompany him, Michael freaking Vick. Do they they not know? Are they brand new? I don't understand. You guys obviously didn't know. Sorry for blindsiding you here. Mike Vick is going to be a talking head on TV every Sunday. See, and that's what surprised me. I did see the Mike Vick. I didn't hear Tony Gonzalez. I thought Tony was on CBS at one point. He was. He's been hired away. He's on NFL Fox kickoff with uh, Charissa Thompson. Is that who it is? Anyway, we'll look that up. I was going to say, what, is Aaron Hernandez not available? But he is Uh, not available. Oh, jeez. We're off to an auspicious start. (laughs) Michael Vick, though, does he have an intelligent – you know, mind to talk about. I mean, he can talk football. I'm not going to say Michael Vick's not an intelligent guy. I'm not going to say that he can't give good analysis. I'm going to say that there's an awful lot of folks in the wake of everything we're going on with CTE and with players, you know, sitting down during the national anthem and all the rest of this. Fox has had to have looked and seen what the NFL's going through, the meat grinder they're in with public relations, and they decided the best they could pull off the street. <laughs> Was Mike Vick? Yeah, you're right, but I mean, it's gonna make for it's gonna be an interesting point of view. No, it's not. I mean, there's a here's my here's my question, B, and and this is I mean this dead serious. Has there ever been once that you can think of in the last five years where you turn to an NFL pregame show or any other sport based on the former athlete that was there giving analysis? Is there anything on TV that's must-see TV for sports fans that that has to do with the athlete that's I, on there? I'm going to say yes. One is Chris Carter. Like, Chris Carter is somebody I tune uh, in for oh on a regular. God. Chris Carter's next on my list because he just got his own show on Fox. He deserves one. He's oh good. Oh, my God. See, and I don't think there's one guy that I will turn on because of an ex-athlete, but – ESPN I turn off because I just got so tired of Chris Berman and some of the talking heads they had. Michael Irving's oh. another one. I cannot stand Michael Irving on the television. Well, Michael Irving was one thing. Emmett Smith was a completely different thing. I 
Well, who's good then? So, like, obviously well, we kind of disagree. Here's, here's my point. I'm not going to say that any of the, the former athletes, if you like Chris Carter, that's cool. I get it. I get it. Chris Carter dumbs it down a little bit, I think. And, you know, he's just kind of doing what he's doing. I like Marshall Falk boring. on NFL Network. Yeah. Boring. Well, here's the thing. Boring. Dude, I'm there to watch football. I really couldn't care less about the talking heads. So if I'm tuned in, to me, it doesn't make any difference which of those guys is on as long as they don't suck. So Michael Vick probably is not going to suck, but there are an awful lot of folks that are not going to tune in just because it's Michael Vick. This is not a situation where Fox needed to get somebody's attention. On Sunday mornings, people get, hey, football's on. That means that CBS and and Fox and NFL Network and ESPN are all going to have pregame shows on. I can't imagine a circumstance where very many people are like, I got to tune in over on Fox because Mike Vick and Tony Gonzalez are on there. Yeah, but Chris, how do you, how would you rate yourself as a football fan, sports fan and football fan? Ten. Okay. Not all of us are tens. What they're trying to do is add some type of perspective from an athlete that's actually played the game to, I think, capture – like capture like your maybe five six rated fan. Let me let me put it to you like this. Last week, um, when the fight went on, the McGregor fight, um, I was talking to people and I was shocked at how many people didn't know what they were talking about because we're in we're knee deep I, in sports all the time. Let me finish my thought. You know, I I said, who do you want to win to the fight? You know, win the fight. And this person was like, oh, you know, my man, money. And I'm like, yeah, geez, I just can't pull for someone who beats women. And he's like, wait, wait, what? Didn't even know. So I think that's what these athletes do is they bring a perspective that would be, you know, Marshall Falk goes, well, you know, they'll just run left on that, you know, weak side all day long. You know, people get tired of that. Like sports analysis, they get bored with all that. I think it's more competitive. Look, I mean, Fox is trying to get a Tony Romo. I'll be honest, people are going to tune in and watch for Tony Romo. I think you might be right. I think you might be right. But here's, Brandy, you're missing my point. I'm not saying that Mike Vick should be replaced by, you know, Joe Smith off the street. Mm Mm-hmm. There are an awful lot of ex-quarterbacks that are household names that could have been plugged into that spot. Frankly, that 5-6 football fan doesn't know who Tony Gonzalez is. I'm okay. not saying that that Mike Vick is not qualified to give perspective and analysis on football. You know, there are a lot of former college and NFL players that are out there doing it. Hell, I saw that, you know, Matt Leinert now is on this <laughs> <laughs> on the crew on one of those shows doing college football, which I think is great because he was a great college football player. Yeah. But there are plenty of those guys out there. Mike Vick, yes, he was an icon at one point. To some people, I guess still is. But why are you dancing with the devil in this case? There's an awful lot of folks still upset that Mike Vick killed dogs. Right. And they should be. I, I mean, and 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 with Floyd Mayweather – I get your point with that, that, well, you're saying that a lot of people aren't aware of that. I get it. 
Boxing and football, completely different stratosphere. No, I know. The same guy will turn around and go, oh, I can't get down with what Zeke did. Right. <laughs> and then they're like, my, 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 you know, my man, money. Like, it just cracks right. me up. And boxing's not trying to keep their reputation and no. clean up the personal conduct rule. No, boxing is sort thing. of in the opposite situation yeah. because boxing is in a circumstance right now where all press is good press. Yep. Because there's not a whole lot of press. We saw a sham of a fight this past this past weekend. There's a legit fight coming. Yep. That's not going to do a fraction of what Mayweather McGregor did. Nope. That Triple G Canelo fight is going to be a war. And if I was told I could only buy one of those and watch one of those, Triple G and Canelo, oh. hands down, every day of the week and twice I, on Sunday. I could not agree with that statement more. That's a little bit higher than astute analysis. Well done, Trent. Thank you. Good job, no, Trent. I'm, I'm, you're right on with that, yeah. Trent. That, I mean, that fight, and you, Brandon, and I'm not picking on you here, the Canelo Alvarez Triple G fight, are you hyped for it? No. You don't even you didn't even know it was going on. No. Last week's the the biggest fight I was tuning in is Milky Cabrera last week. <laughs> and, and him, I, him I, swinging at, at absolute air. <laughs> well, that undoubtedly is the first time that you've invoked baseball and opened up a conversation on, on social the show. media too. Yeah, so I, know. I, you're, you're out of control, I went man. I went on social media and tweeted about it. Tweeted. <laughs> Yes, you and did said tweet it's about the it. First time that baseball has been interesting in a very long time because, and then they're talking about the talking heads are like, "We got to do something to clean this up." I'm like, "No, people go to the races to see the wrecks, y'all." That's well, what we it talked makes. about that with you know brushback pitches, with brawls, with manners who's getting ejected. To me, as a baseball purist, I miss that. I miss that. Now, do I get excited in my hype because there was a baseball brawl? Now, but. Nobody's getting hurt. It's not no. like they're going into the dugout and bringing bats back out onto the no. field. Nope. You know, nobody's no. taking their shoes off and hitting somebody with steel spikes. But you got to watch the rest of the game because how many other people got plunked? Uh, you know, you hear all of a sudden there's a brawl. Ooh, I'm watching that game because it's not over. You know, the pitchers are going after them. Well, what do, you, what do you think Melky, when he played that back, what is he saying? What is his boys saying about him whiffing like at least – a hundred times. He Bryce never Harper, made contact. Bryce Harper throwing that bat, batting helmet. It couldn't be any worse than that. I'd rather yeah. whiff on a punch right. than whiff on that batting helmet. Yeah. You guys, you guys <laughs> he, went out all into left field. I was going to hit on the fact, and, and obviously you haven't gotten the news yet, Chris Carter does have his own show on Fox Sports now. Come on, man. Come on, man. It, Dude. Did he invent that or was that Keyshawn? I'm it was pretty Chris sure. Carter. I think it was. I think it was Keyshawn. That's what I thought and too. And Chris Carter and Michael Irvin kind of piggybacks on to it. When I stopped watching and see who we can attribute oh. it to, but Keish, I actually preferred Keyshawn to Chris Carter. And this is coming from a guy who's a lifelong Ohio State fan. You know, I've been a Chris Carter fan all my life, all of his career. Not all my life. I'm older than that. But Chris Carter, as an analyst, drives me bananas, and I can't even begin to think how brutal an hour of airtime weekly with that dude is going to be. The, about the only person I can think of I want to hear less is Shannon Sharp. Yeah, so this say. just sort of seems to be what Fox Sports does. See, I'm, I'm, 
I'm going to leave it at like this. I just disagree about the Chris Carter thing because he tells a truth about most things that are is kind of a cringeworthy about the locker room and you know his battles. I think he puts a really interesting perspective on things. It's that's not the opinion. it's not the perspective that he brings. It's the manner in which he does it. I don't think he's funny. I do. I you know. It is what it is. Maybe I'm just I'm the I'm the old guy. Get off my lawn, y'all. Get off my lawn. And we talk about it with you know the Skip Bayless is the world and the Colin, Colin Cowherd's the world. I don't need you to raise your volume to get my attention. Sure. Yeah. So is Fox just not concerned because people are going to no, watch the NFL? Not. They're going to watch the NFL pregame shows no matter what, so they can throw Michael Vick up on there whether Peta is out there protesting or not. I apparently they don't give a dog on. So we'll find out. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats on WDCC 90.5. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. You grew up knowing you could do anything. As a soldier in the U.S. Army, you'll test your limits and feel the pride of doing things you never thought possible. With guaranteed training in one of more than 150 career fields, up to $40,000 cash enlistment bonus, you'll earn a steady paycheck, get money for college, and gain valuable experience while you learn how to be a valued team leader. To find out more, call your local Army recruiter or visit us at GoArmy.com. They're strong, and then there's Army Strong. The V Foundation and board member Robin Roberts are dedicated to declaring victory over cancer by funding cutting-edge research. Jim Valvano's greatest legacy is the V Foundation. You can help join the fight, give the gift of time. We need passion, we need teamwork and momentum. The time to act is now. There's not a moment to lose. Every dollar counts, every day counts. To find out how you can join us to defeat cancer, please visit JimmyV.org. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career that I could be proud of. At DAV, we're on a mission, helping veterans of all generations get the benefits they've earned. I'm Cece. My victory was finishing my education. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seat. Crystal Lambert, Brandon Atkins, and Professor Trent Nichols. We're talking about Fox Sports. Brandon seems to think they've hit a home run with Chris Carter. All those I'm other stations are fake sports shows. Fake sports news. <laughs> fake well, news. Fox, you know, Fox gets accused by some folks of being fake news. Now I guess there'll be other folks that accuse them of being dog killers and fake sports news. I don't know. I, I just I don't understand why you would invite that headache in. And I don't know that there was a demand for anybody out there that was like, man, I really want to know what Mike Vick has to say about football. I don't know. I don't run a, a sports network. Bruce, I wish I did. Um, I just think it's an awful lot of potential fallout um, for not maybe a whole lot of return. I don't know. Uh, maybe they're playing to the you know the cat lovers of the world and, and hope that those folks will tune in. I don't get it. So this past weekend – the fight of the decade didn't fizzle the way a lot of people thought it would. I mean, it was an interesting fight. In the bigger scheme of things, I think it was historic. People will be talking about it years from now. Blah, 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 blah. I, I don't know if 
I don't know how I feel about shelling out a hundred bucks on it yet. Um, I think I'm going to have to let that marinate. It was history, so you know it was there. Folks that are suggesting that Conor McGregor, you know, could be a a, a top level boxer, I think that's crazy. Um, we talked in the first segment about Canelo Alvarez. I, Canelo Alvarez might kill Conor McGregor. Yeah. I mean, li- physically, that could get out of hand really quickly. Or Triple G. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I mean, that's a that's a whole different animal with an offensive fighter. And Conor McGregor came out there with a style that was, you know, disjointed and Mayweather kind of played around with him, whatever. And McGregor really – I mean, McGregor rocked him a couple times, but he went in and was fearless early in the fight. And Mayweather doesn't have the kind of firepower, you know, to do real damage. When McGregor ran out of gas later on in the fight, you know, Mayweather peppered him and put him out of there. But, you know, it is what it is. Well, I I think I fall on the other side of my eyeballs told me something completely different than what I'm hearing on the radio. First of all, he's playing a completely different sport. And I played two sports in high school. First soccer led into basketball. I thought I was in great shape until I got on a basketball court. And you're just winded. You're moving differently, different types of lateral movement. McGregor, I know there's been talk about this. They've been talking to death. But McGregor started training for this fight in March. And I had on my scorecard him up 4-1 through the fifth. Me too. And that is remarkable if we're putting – Mayweather up there in the, as one of the best, potentially on the Mount Rushmore of boxing. This guy has very little time to prepare, comes in and outboxes. And I don't want to hear anything about Mayweather was just setting him up. Give me a break. That's not the look he had on his face in the first round when it was getting peppered. I, I, I agree with everything you just said. However, to come in and be a top-shelf legitimate contending prize fighter in 2017, you have to be able to do what McGregor did in the first and second round for 12 rounds. Right. And the the, the challenge that McGregor faced and came up short on was that training to do three, ro- three rounds or three minutes of intense aerobic activity 12 times in a row with a one-minute break is unique. There are no other sports where you train like that. Right. And the challenge of getting your body ready and conditioning, you know, boxers that do this at the highest levels have been doing this since they were children. And to get to that point, you know, in a, in a situation, and people will say, well, you know, MMA, it's the same type burst of energy. Not really. No. Not if, really. If you know what you're doing in the ground game, sometimes you can take a rest. Hey, absolutely. That's exactly what I'm saying. So when it was – I think it was, you know, sort of what I anticipated. Well, let me be clear. I'm not saying that he should switch to boxing. That's not his sport. He's probably the best pound-for-pound pound in MMA um, that we've seen in a long time. Joan, John Bones Jones. Yeah, but oh, he's all roided he's up. He's all man. roided up. Yeah. Um, but – I'm not suggesting he switched to boxing. I just think he's not getting enough credit. I thought it was remarkable, especially how he was switching southpaw in his stance. It was the fifth round. I looked at you, Chris, because you invited me over and I watched it over your house. I looked at you and I was like, everybody got just got their money's worth yeah. through the fifth round. 
Well, the the folks now that are saying, well, McGregor was completely outclassed and all of that are the same people that leading up to the fight that said McGregor wouldn't land a single punch. And they're, they're and, also and the frankly, all of these national talking heads that cover every sport, I wonder sometimes when it applies to things like boxing or soccer, if they even know what they're talking about. Right. I really do. Somebody that does know what they're talking about is Jay Bliss, so run that tape. He's already a comedian with a great reputation for bringing the funny, and now he has a new title, NC's Funniest Person, Jay Bliss. I was a fiend, fiend, before fiend. I became a teen. I melted microphones instead of cones and ice cream, music orientated. So when hip-hop was originated, fitted like pieces of puzzles, fit complicated. Hey, man, what's going on, man? Uh, checking in with y'all this week. This is comedian Jay Bliss. Listen, if everybody had a chance to see the fight, man, you know, some people walked away happy, some people walked away upset. Uh, all I'm going to tell you is it was the money grab. It was the money grab. It was exactly what it was supposed to be. The only thing this fight did was prove how gullible people are with marketing. This was no different than the WWE. Same thing as wrestling. A whole bunch of talk. And we already knew what the outcome was going to be. Yet we still bought the fight. People still bought the fight. They knew that McGregor had no chance to beat Floyd Mayweather. The only chance McGregor had to beat Floyd Mayweather is if he walked in the ring and started throwing haymakers and just knocked Mayweather silly. He almost did it in like the ninth round. When he started at the beginning of the ninth round, he came out, hit him with a couple of bolos, and the ref saved Mayweather. He saved him. He saved him because he had him on the ropes. He was hurt, and it could have went the right way. But McGregor got tired. He kept playing around, kept trying to be fancy, kept working the jab. The jab looked good. But at the end of the day, you're dealing with a boxer who was waiting for you to get tired. Rope-a-dope 2017 version. That's exactly what happened. Floyd, the thing that ticked me off about Floyd was that he came in the ring with that get-up on, with that mask looking like dumb Donald from Fat Albert. That looked horrible. I don't know what that was. Somebody said he was supposed to be looking like an executioner walking into the ring. I didn't get that at all. I think it looked stupid. If anything, it looked like a ski mask. He was robbing everybody for $100 a pay-per-view uh, fees uh, for that fight. Now, I think somewhere within the fight, I think they clenched up. They were laughing. They were smiling. And I think Floyd said to Connor, hey, man, you about to get that fat check. And I think that's when Connor started putting his hands down. And was like, yo, it's time to get up out of here. I just think it was a money grab. It wasn't. It was entertaining to a point that it kind of looked like Mayweather was going to get knocked out or he might lose the fight. But it just, it all came crumbling down. And then you got people that's sitting there talking about, oh, they should do it again. He could beat him. Nah. If if Conor McGregor fought another boxer around the same age as him, like 29, 30 years old. Conor McGregor will get whipped down. But I think Conor need to go back to MMA, and I think boxers need to stay boxers. And, but it was entertaining. Don't get me wrong. It was entertaining. I'm glad Floyd said that was his last fight. I'm not interested in seeing no more Floyd Mayweather fights. They boring. They, they methodical. They take forever. There's no uh, – this is probably the most action I've seen Floyd Mayweather get into. Uh, even with Canelo, it wasn't like that. But this one had a lot of action. I'm waiting for the next breed of boxers to come in and do what they got to do. Right now, I watch MMA more than I watch boxing. 
just because it's more action. That's my take on it, man. If you fell victim of the money grab, don't get mad at yourself. Get mad at the hype. And you could have spent that money on SummerSlam. You didn't even have to go through uh, watching the Mayweather and McGregor fight. And then it's on social media all day today. So you didn't even have to pay. You could have watched it the next day. That's my take, man. I'm going to holler at y'all next week. Peace. Complicated, cause I grab the mic and try to say yes, y'all. They try to and say that I'm too small. Cool, cool. Cause I don't get cool. upset. I kick a hole in the speaker, pull a plug, then I jet. Then I jet. Back then to I the lab. This dude invoked Dumb Donald. <laughs> <laughs> dumb Donald. <laughs> dumb Donald. <laughs> and like and Derek was as the as the fight rolled, and we ended up with a house full of people. Um, I think somebody yelled out, "It's the Black Power Ranger." Oh, snap. But that is nothing, nothing compared to Dumb Donald. And I fell out when we were talking. Dude, I, he, it reminded me, he looked like, do you remember that character Orko from He-Man? Oh, my God. <laughs> That's true. That's what he rolled out looking like. And by the way, where's, what was the, where was the big production with the walkout music? I was so disappointed. You know how I am. And you, you know Trent on Twitter. During big fights, man, I'm I'm trying to pick a winner based off their walkout music. Come on, man. This is a billion-dollar production, and you can't do better than that. I'm very, very disappointed. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Floyd does a lot of things well, but his fashion sense, kind of busted. Yeah. Not going to lie. So we'll talk about that a little bit more on the break. I'm really, frankly, tired of hearing about yeah, McGregor Mayweather, but here's my, here's my last little 30 seconds on it. I wouldn't pay for this again. I'm not going to pay to see McGregor fight again. It, we've done this. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats on WDCC 90.5 on WBLZ Sports around the world. You can get us on iTunes. You can get us on Google Play. You can get us a lot of different places if you work hard enough. Trent, any last thoughts? I, I agree with you. I wouldn't. I wouldn't pay for it. I think if Connor walked into the ring with anybody else, Alvarez or Triple G, they would look at his goofy style in the beginning and humble well, him to death. How am I going to see it if Chris doesn't pay for it? You come to B-dubs, baby. You're listening to Chris Lambert and Brandon Adkins on From the Cheap Seats, a production of Cheap Seats Radio. When I was just a tiny baby, I was stolen from my parents. I was imprisoned in a cramped cage and was touched and photographed completely against my will, solely for somebody's profit. Then I started to grow bigger, and they locked me away for life. If you knew that was the life of a tiger cub, would you still pay to pet her? Learn how they're exploited through petting and photo ops at cubabuse.com. Hello, I'm Rob Beckley, lead singer of the band Pillar. I served in the Army Reserve for eight years, and it taught me lessons in teamwork, leadership, and organizational skills that I still use today. Serving part-time in the Army Reserve also offers skill training, money for college, and bonuses up to $20,000. So if you're up to the challenge, talk to your local Army Reserve recruiter today, or check us out online at GoArmyReserve.com. You too can be Army strong in the Army Reserve. Everyone deserves a decent place to live. Everyone. Kiramutu, todos. Decent shelter is something we all need to thrive. Through shelter, we empower. Visit Habitat.org to donate today. 
You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brad Nickens on From the Cheap Seats. Two guys who knew more about sports than all those guys who used to work at ESPN. All right, so I said going to the break we were going to wrap up the McGregor Mayweather fight, but we, you know, a fight just broke out in studio. I'm gonna, here's, <laughs> here's what I will tell you, Brandon, about the McGregor Mayweather fight. The McGregor Mayweather fight, for me, was more competitive than Mayweather Pacquiao. I give Conor McGregor all the credit in the world for the work that he did in the first five or six rounds. I do stand by my statement, though, however, that Golovkin, Alvarez, another guy like that that will do real damage with that style that McGregor employed with his hands down and I don't even know what that turn-of-the-century stuff he was doing was, he might leave out of there on a stretcher. Yep. Well, so that's not to take away from what he did. He got ready for the Mayweather fight. He pushed Mayweather harder than almost anybody thought that he would have. The fight was entertaining. But here's the point I'm, I was just making is that and we just got done listening to our boy Jay Bliss – and he had some astute analysis, but and I'm not trying to do anything to you, Jay. But out of in the beginning of the conversation, you said it was a WWE cash grab, and then by the end of the conversation, you said he almost had him in the ninth. Brandon, how many? People, I mean, how many people and, and, do and you it, know that you would consider to be legit sports fans that follow boxing at all or UFC? How many people whose opinion you respect? Honestly, thought Conor McGregor could beat Floyd Mayweather. Zero people. <laughs> there you go. Well, I mean, so that's we not all the art. shelled out a hundred bucks to watch a, a story unfold that we knew was going to go down. Okay, why do you shell out all those bucks to watch some like McNeely fight Mike Tyson? Then who does? Uh, a ton of people did. By the end of Mike Tyson, the pay-per-view couldn't make any money yeah. because and he was knocking them out in like 10 seconds. Nobody wanted to pay 50 bucks the, for it. The other thing is is that I get it what you're saying about Triple G and all these guys. I'm not suggesting McGregor go and box full-time. I'm not, that's not his sport. But matchups are what they are. Like Holyfield was a horrible matchup for Mike Tyson, Brandon, who was one of the best this ever. This whole thing My, was about the money. Both of them made money. Mayweather's the perfect boxer because McGregor couldn't get knocked out, so McGregor could last at least four or five rounds. What fight has Mayweather been in in the last decade that's not just about a big cash grab? None, and we just keep throwing money. Canelo Alvarez was not about money. Canelo Alvarez was 21 years old. I bet he wouldn't fight Canelo again. He would not. (laughs) He wouldn't fight Triple G. He wouldn't even fight Pacquiao with Pacquiao now. So that's the other piece of this is that no, you know, guys get they get uh, accused of having their careers managed. This is not to take away from Floyd Mayweather because at 49 and 0 or 50 and 0, regardless of how you look at it. Mayweather has been one of the greatest fighters of all time. However, comma, he ducked Manny Pacquiao for seven years. Oh, yeah. And you better bet everything you own. They couldn't give him a billion dollars to fight Canelo Alvarez now. He got Canelo at 21 before Canelo was ready. Canelo would hurt him. Well, you saw Pacquiao, uh, Pacquiao quickly tweeted out something about him running. 
Like, I mean, he was real quick to point out that he ran away from Pacquiao. He did. But stood in with McGregor. He did, yeah. and that goes to it. And and we talked about this during the fight. So don't right. don't play brand new. I'm not bashing Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor. There were a couple things working against him. One was his instincts were to revert back to to MMA, and you saw the hammer fist hammer coming fist. every time he got uh, around him. Well, but stop the other ducking, thing was is stop that ducking much, down and curling up like a little baby on the middle well, of the ring. He did, and and I get it. But the other piece of it, too, is as strong as McGregor is, as strong as McGregor is a striker in MMA, there weren't – I, I can't remember a punch where he hit Floyd Mayweather – and really had leverage and really like bow because had he done that as clean as some of the shots he hit Mayweather with he probably would have knocked him down the Chris, one uppercut in the first the round one was the and one punch I'll that, that I saw that snapped his head and I think it got Mayweather's attention and Mayweather and, was like oh my gosh this and dude I just is wanna, strong I want to be clear Chris you, I, I get the sense that you feel like I'm coming right at you I had a lot of drive time yesterday so all I did was listen to talking heads about dude, they this make fight. you stupid don't do and, that you know it's revisionist history they, that is, that's absolutely right on. They're t- and that's what I'm fired up. I'm not fired up about anything that you're saying. <laughs> His face get red, Trent. But what I'm fired up about is you got these talking heads that made their call. Like they said, this ain't even going to be a fight, and now they're trying to reprogram what my eyeballs just saw. So give me a break. I'm not that stupid. On to one other thing: Is Mayweather fifty? You know, because McGregor in the boxing ring, a sanctioned event by Vegas. Is now zero and one, so you oh, can't. I, I, I say, I say yes, I say yes. I, I give Mayweather is fifty zero, and frankly, this was more competitive than a lot of Mayweather's fights have been. Right. I mean, when was the last time Mayweather was in a real Donnybrook? I mean, it's been a long time. I really don't remember. There you go. Um, the Irish guy. Yeah, I mean, it might have been Canelo. But the Canelo fight, Canelo was the only boxer, I believe, that landed more punches than McGregor. And if you watch that fight, which I did, Mayweather made Canelo look like he had never boxed before because he was swinging and couldn't hit him because of the defensive style. Right. You know, yes, he's 50-0, and 0, but shoot, I don't remember any time. It was 15, 20 years ago the last time Mayweather actually was in a fight. Well, there's a moral to the story. Before he was money, that's all. There's yeah. a moral to this entire story. Before we get into got into the segment, I pointed out to Chris that Burfecht was facing a five game suspension, and he has been on fire ever since. Roger Goodell, you could pound sand, buddy. Roger Goodell, he's such a sweetheart. He wants to take away two of those preseason games and just roll it right into the regular season. Well, more I agree money, with Roger Goodell money. there, except that Roger Goodell really doesn't believe that or it would have happened by now. You talk about cash grabs, the NFL preseason is the ultimate cash grab. As a season ticket holder for NFL games, you have to buy a 10-ticket package yep. so that you get stuck with two preseason games. And anybody that thinks that's a big deal to, to fans – really ought to pay attention during preseason games. You saw two games come down to the very end of the ball game yesterday. You had Cincinnati with a chance to win it at Washington. You had Minnesota at the gun. And in both situations, in games that came down to the last, really, you know, three or four plays of the game, there were 5,000 people left in the arena. NFL, get it together. 
the preseason at four games, there's other ways to do this. And I get the benefit is the, you know, the bottom of the roster churn and all the rest of that, but all you're doing is getting people hurt. You know, Julian Edelman out with an ACL. Yep. Cameron Meredith out with an ACL. Spencer Ware gone with a PCL. Tyrod playing Tyrod, fake football. Tyrod Taylor concussion. And now you've got this ludicrous suspension of Vontez Perfect for five games. That was for last year's hit. Over an innocuous hit. Dude, how many times are you going to keep coming back at this guy? Yeah, I mean, I'm with you on the preseason. I don't, I don't watch any games. I watched the third game for the – that's the one where they actually played the starters for like, I don't know, 15 minutes. But the rest of them I could care less. You could accomplish – remember back in the day there used to be six? <laughs> can you imagine if there were six preseason games? Um, yeah, I think you can accomplish – Everything that you want to accomplish in two preseason games, uh, and and really all it is is to see the you know the bottom the people trying to make the team. That's what they're really looking at yeah. anyway. And I know you're trying to fine tune and all this mess, but you know it's mostly bad football week one anyway. You got to go ahead and you know break the seal on the season anyway. So well, don't it is me- bad football because there's no game planning going in. There, there's there's nothing. It's, you know, let's get the starters out there, have them do a series or two, and then we're going to, you know, we're going to roll all these folks through and we're going to try to evaluate talent, get them on tape, all of that mess. Okay, you can do that in program practices. There's no benefit to anyone at this point with, the third, with a third and fourth preseason game. Well, you're not going to see any change. The the next negotiation is what, 2022 maybe? Well, that's because D. Smith is the NFLPA rep and is useless. You're gonna, However, that's going to be an, a bartering piece. You're going to see change, though, because with these injuries that keep happening, if I'm the New England Patriots next year, Tom Brady will not play in a preseason game. None of my starters will play. Let the other guys play. And I don't care if they take a snap. Well, you were talking about the third preseason game. Hurt. This this past weekend was the third preseason yeah. game for these teams, and you saw. I, I watched a couple of them, and staying in the game, in a lot of cases, was almost used as punishment. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if you watched the Tennessee Chicago game yesterday, but Mariota got left out there Speaking because of the offense had been so bad, and the coaching staff was like, Keep "Get going. out there until you figure out a way to score." These guys are making way too much money. The NFL's collective bargaining agreement is a joke that, like you said, was signed as a 10-year agreement. Something's got to give. And I don't think it has to do with revenue sharing. The players right now really ought to change their focus because Richard Sherman coming out fussing about you know their, their share of the pie. Look, you want to make that kind of money? Buy an NFL team. That, that's how it works because it works that way in every segment of business everywhere. I get that the players are the most uh, most important piece, but each 1% of revenue share for the league, if they were to increase salaries for players by 1%, comes out to about $30,000 per player. But yeah. last negotiation didn't – the players, the only thing they got – they got was the what the two a days situation that which practice. probably which which it could be argued may have done more harm than good and, and that's all they got and the off season they got a longer off season yeah. where they weren't allowed to go in and work with coaches which, but in but, the preseason they're not making game paychecks their salaries don't kick in until week one 
of that. So everyone's getting a minimal amount of money too. Well, if I was that, I would hold off until I would hold out until preseason was over so I didn't get hurt. Well, let me ask you a question though. If we limit the number of days that those guys can be at the facility and the number of days they're practicing, haven't we just limited the number of days lights have to be on? Sure. Limited the number of days I have to have the training staff and everybody else there. The the players didn't win anything. Do you think the owners give a doggone how many days of practice these guys get? Yeah. No, they could show up on Sundays without ever having practice. The owners you, don't care. Can you imagine what Jerry Jones' power bill looks like? <laughs> Dude, I'm, I'm for real. But do you really think that as the owners sit around and they're like, hey, guys, what's important? What do we have to get out of this? <laughs> oh, we got to have those boys practicing 12 months out of the year. No. The, the, the owners rape the players on this deal. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. You grew up knowing you could do anything. As a soldier in the U.S. Army, you'll test your limits and feel the pride of doing things you never thought possible. With guaranteed training in one of more than 150 career fields, up to $40,000 cash enlistment bonus, you'll earn a steady paycheck, get money for college, and gain valuable experience while you learn how to be a valued team leader. To find out more, call your local Army recruiter or visit us at GoArmy.com. They're strong, and then there's Army Strong. The V Foundation and board member Robin Roberts are dedicated to declaring victory over cancer by funding cutting-edge research. Jim Valvano's greatest legacy is the V Foundation. You can help join the fight, give the gift of time. We need passion, we need teamwork and momentum. The time to act is now. There's not a moment to lose. Every dollar counts. Every day counts. To find out how you can join us to defeat cancer, please visit JimmyV.org. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career that I could be proud of. At DAV, we're on a mission, helping veterans of all generations get the benefits they've earned. I'm Cece. My victory was finishing my education. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seat. Welcome back from the Cheap Seats. I'm Chris DeLambert. Brandon Atkins is with me, Professor Trent Nichols, and I'm excited, B. Yeah, what I'm about? I'm excited. Not that I wasn't wound up about Perfect and the NFL and the CBA and all that before. Yes. But I'm really fired up, man, because one of Lee County's favorite people. That's right. Has uh, made an appearance. And for those of you that aren't familiar, Maggie Champagne, who probably knows Dave Kaplan that just walked through the door, um, called us up and uh, run that tape. With us on the phone today, Sanford, North Carolina's own Maggie Champagne. Maggie, what's going on? Nothing much, man. I'm just up in New York chilling out. I'm in some AC. Got my feet up on the table talking to you two crazies. <laughs> All right. So you're a new mom, right? I am. Oh, my lambs. I'm a new mom. I am. I, I did get some sleep last night, uh, so I'm feeling re- really fresh today. I saw some pictures online. Your daughter's gorgeous. Thank you. I don't know where she came from. I don't know. It's, you know, it's, it's, a lot of people keep saying that to me, and my man, they're like, oh, my gosh, she's so gorgeous. She's, I don't understand. 
I don't know if that's a compliment or not, but uh, <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> She's a lot of fun. We're having a lot of fun with her. Now, how's that affected your work? You know, I, one of the things I was I was always worried about, like you know, becoming a mom because of show business. You just you never know. You're only as good as your last job. You're always out there auditioning, auditioning. What can I do next? What's going to be my next gig? But I, I did push off motherhood, and plus I needed the right you know guy, and that took me forever too because I had a propensity to date not the best men. Uh, but I, I was lucky in the fact that. <laughs> When I finally pulled the trigger on it, I've been lucky. I worked a lot pregnant, and I had I had a better year than I did the year before when I wasn't pregnant. So awesome. uh, pregnancy, yeah, I worked through my pregnancy. And then um, having a kid, you know, I got a good dude. He's he's a musician, so we kind of have like a yin-yang schedule. I have a lot of day stuff, uh, and he has a lot of night stuff. So we we kind of pass our baby off to each other like a football kind of like, you know, here's, here's the baby, and then I'm running out the door, and then, I come back and grab the baby, and then he's running out the door. But I'm managing it, you know. I, it's it's do it's definitely doable. It hasn't like affected it in a bad way. It's kind of made me a much more patient person, much more patient. Oh, I appreciate you throwing in the football reference. Now we now we have See, a definite tie into the show. <laughs> appreciate you. That's good looking out. You know, you know. I'm here so, to play the game. My biggest question is how many people see you on the streets all these years later and are like, oh, my God, it's the Sundrop Girl? Probably zero. <laughs> no, no way. I mean, no. Um, I do have some people. Uh, I mean, you know, a lot of my hometown people, Carolina people, people that are, like, up on Sundrop. But, you know, I, I do look like the Sundrop Girl. I know that it is me. But, I, you know, I, you know, when you're an actor, even a commercial actor, you are playing a role. So, you 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 become like this kind of personality, and then you do it for the job, and then um, you know you're not always looking like that in in real life. So you know now I have like a short haircut, and I, I, you know some people recognize me, um, and but then some people don't. Most people don't, and that's okay with me because I, I love being the Sundrop Girl. That that that's a great gig, but I also I don't mind not being. Yeah, it's funny um, because I was actually in New Zealand. There used yeah. to be a player for the Tar Heels, James Michael Ma- McAdoo, and he posted mm-hmm. something, and he was like, I'm in love with the Sundrop Girl. Oh, my and gosh. It, and this is before I knew you were doing it. So I'm in New Zealand with my family, and I clicked okay. the link, and it's you on this commercial I thought it was, like, out of sight. So that was pretty cool. That was how I found out. Well, yeah. I mean, do you have his phone number? Cause... Yeah. <laughs> you did say you have a good dude. I mean, is he I married? I mean, I... <laughs> you know, you know, international waters and all. <laughs> you know. Oh, no. He, yeah, yeah. He's still in the States now, though. After a few oh, drinks, he's back. He's back. be, be okay. honest, after a few drinks, do you ever put on a headband and dance across <laughs> your living room floor. Does that happen? Yeah. Yeah, it's like, you know, it's like reliving the good old days. Yes, I do. You, you caught me. You got me there. I, I got to make sure there's a bunch of mirrors, too, so I can see myself. I just have to stare at myself. That's I don't think I could fit in those damn shorts anymore, either. Uh, that was, you know, that was before I had my kid now, and I dropped something else. I dropped something else like it was hot. I dropped a kid. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you know, you've made it in life if you've had a cardboard cutout made out of you. 
I actually saw one in the store, a cardboard cutout, and I'm like, she is from Sanford. That's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, that was that was really fun. Yeah, I, that, I'm not gonna lie, that was a good time. That, that's it's it's funny though. It's like you know, I you know me that I grew up with you, and I was always an actor and doing all this. And of course, I went to university for it, and I studied all of this you know, wonderful schools of Shakespeare and all this, but then, you know, what do I get to be known for is <laughs> <laughs> doing a booty shake across, uh, you know, the, the television screen, which is, which is the funniest, you know, freaking part. But, but yeah, man, I, I like it. Cause you know, it, the, the most exciting thing about that job is that surprisingly I got so much fan mail from young women that were different or, chubby or you know awkward or they didn't fit in and they were like you are a hero and you inspire us and honestly that was the most exciting thing about that I, I got to do like a couple of state tours where I went to like Walmart across America and I met so many people that loved the soda and they loved and that was my favorite part is like that that you know sometimes commercials as silly as they are they can make us laugh and we can just be outside of ourselves for a minute. And uh, hopefully you've transcended that. Um, you're doing a lot of work now. Um, I know you from the Amy Schumer show inside yeah. Amy Schumer. How did that all come? How did all, that all come about? Um, oh, that's been a lot of fun. Uh, I, I've been doing stand up for, uh, I don't know, maybe about 15 years now. And um, also I, I have a theater company and I met Amy uh, doing stand up for years and then we have a theater company co- together called The Collective NYC. We did the, the season came about. She got a show, and then they started writing a bunch of sketches for the show. And they would bring them into my company, and we would work on the sketches. You know, they would sometimes rewrite them. And you know, the, uh, one of the producers of the show, Kevin Kane, uh, also a company member, they would just cast a lot of us out of uh, the company, people that she'd worked with in the past, people that she knew. So, um, yeah, I got to work on uh, all four seasons. I did a lot of voiceover work for the show, and then I got to be in 80s Ladies, which was so much fun, and the Sex in the City, and the Beautiful Ladies. And uh, I, it was a really great set to work on. A lot of fun things happening there. She was like, she's just got such a great voice for women, and... Um, yeah, that was one of the highlights uh, of uh, my career, and it was it was a it was always a good time on set. So that makes it even better when you're at work and you like what you're doing, you know. And you had a you had a movie premiere last night, is that correct in London? Yes, 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 yes. Uh, this film I'm in called Diane. It's a uh, it's like a horror thriller. I, I kind of dress myself as an actor a little bit. I play this. Uh, kind of goofy but fun detective, Detective Phillips, and um, I'm solving a crime of, uh, it's basically, it's about a, a Iraqi vet that comes back and he starts to see things. He has PTSD and uh, there's a girl that ends up dead and blah, blah, blah. And, but yeah, it, it premiered at Fright Fest in London. Um, it's a really big uh, film festival. It, it, you know, it premiered alongside Chucky. There's a new Chucky film. Oh, cool. <laughs> see, that's know, breaking I, news. I, I, that's breaking news. I mean, who even knew there's a new Chucky film? There's another one. I mean, I you know, I don't know what the name of the Chucky this one is. I, I shouldn't know, but <laughs> Chucky Chucky Twenty. Chucky Twenty. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So Chucky how do we? Get, you know, it it premiered in London. You thought about going, but you have the young yeah. one, so you yeah. weren't able to do that. How how soon are we going to be able to see this? Well, I hope I hope soon. I know um, the Fright Fest of London is um, is 
put on by the Horror Channel, uh, like which is a really big channel in London. And then there's films there that kind of looked at, screened, and then I think sold and distributed. So I'm not sure when it will be making its way, but my hope is that it will be making its way soon. If not in theaters, maybe to some, you know, DVD or, you know, streaming. Streaming, we can't, we don't, we don't really have the streaming. So, but maybe Netflix or, you know, some of these things will pick it up. It's kind of right now in the phase where they, they show it to people and then they'll take it from there and distribute it. So, Maybe maybe within the next four or five months. All right. If you want to hear the rest of our call with Maggie Champagne, head on over to the iTunes store or Google Play and look for From the Cheap Seats. If you're listening on WDCC 90.5, we will bid you adieu here in just a couple minutes. If you're listening on WBLZ, we'll roll straight on through to the second hour where we've got Diamond Dave Kaplan coming through the doors. Brandon, was it good catching up with – your homegirl. Oh, it's Maggie. awesome. I actually roomed with her brother in college a little bit. Who's um, probably listening to the show. Yeah, I think he is. We got to get him a t-shirt or something, man. When, we, we, we need to do that. How soon can we get these t-shirts done? What do you think? Are you talking about the poop chain t-shirt? No. <laughs> but, but if he does get the poop chain, I think we need a full 8 by 10 framed to go on the studio wall. You digging that? Let's do that. Let's do that. We're starting to collect. You know, we got... Our championship mugs and stuff going up. We got a poster over here with Mayweather. The Mayweather McGregor poster that that Trent brought in is dope. That needs to become like commonplace because I know you guys do the UFCs and stuff like that over there. But that that's like one of the crowning achievements. I you know when I was a kid, I had a friend of mine that had a big Prince Purple Rain poster on his wall that he had signed what? to Eric from Prince and all of our English friends that used to come over. We used to play darts in this guy's room. And they were like, oh, my God, Prince signed that for you. And he had this whole elaborate story about how it happened. We should do the same thing on that poster. You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brandon Adkins on From the Cheap Seats, a production of Cheap Seats Radio. When I was just a tiny baby, I was stolen from my parents. I was imprisoned in a cramped cage and was touched and photographed completely against my will, solely for somebody's profit. Then I started to grow bigger, and they locked me away for life. If you knew that was the life of a tiger cub, would you still pay to pet her? Learn how they're exploited through petting and photo ops at cubabuse.com. Hello, I'm Rob Beckley, lead singer of the band Pillar. I served in the Army Reserve for eight years, and it taught me lessons in teamwork, leadership, and organizational skills that I still use today. Serving part-time in the Army Reserve also offers skill training, money for college, and bonuses up to $20,000. So if you're up to the challenge, talk to your local Army Reserve recruiter today, or check us out online at GoArmyReserve.com. You too can be Army strong in the Army Reserve. Everyone deserves a decent place to live. Everyone. Decent shelter is something we all need to thrive. Through shelter, we empower. Visit Habitat.org to donate today. 
You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brad Nickens on From the Cheap Seats. Two guys who knew more about sports than all those guys who used to work at ESPN. Now, when I first met Chris, I thought he had a pretty pretty bad last name. Like, bad as in good. <laughs> the Lambert right. is a pretty awesome name. Now, Champagne, have you ever come across anyone where you're like, oh, their last name might be better than mine? I'm guessing never. <laughs> you're asking me? If, yeah. If he, gosh, um, you know, I did meet a guy whose last name was Guinness. Oh, wow. Like, just like I did. I, you know, of course, we bonded immediately because we've been, you know, the name of the name of alcohol for and. Uh, and I like Guinness. You know, Guinness is one of my favorite beers. When I was in uh, Ireland. I got down on some Guinness. But I, I don't know. I'm trying to think if I've met. Hmm. I can. Do you want me to go ahead and answer that for you? I, Never. I know. I know. Atkins. Atkins. That, ah. that last name. That is a freaking fabulous last name. <laughs> Dude, I got named after someone who told you to eat meat and nothing else oh. to lose weight. Oh. And then he slipped on the ice and hit his head and killed himself. So that that's my tie uh, with my last name. So I don't feel like I'm in the running. For, it's between you two guys, not me. Yeah, what does the Lambert come from? Like, it's um, the lovely, it's delightful, it's the Lambert. See, musical theater. That's where all that comes yeah, from. It's that, Lambert. That and you know what? You're not the first person to have done that. That's what happens okay, when you work uh, in musical theater. It's uh yeah, the entomology of my last name is not gonna make for good radio, I promise. So we'll move along. <laughs> well no, he's told me when we play golf, he tells me that he used to his family's name used to be just Lambert and then his ancestors basically said, No, we're the Lamberts and it turned into something like that. What they said was Lambert is kinda lame. We need a cool name that would rival champagne. So <laughs> let's add a duh on the end of it and that's that's how it came to be. Yeah, that is true though. Like my dad has always said to me, This is funny, De Lambert, because my dad has said we're the duh champagnes. And he said that because that is how it was when you were duh, that was the the name. Yeah. So we were actually Dust Champagne before we were Champagne also. Wow. See, that, it, see, the world isn't even ready for Dust Champagne. That's next level. <laughs> nah. no, and and, and your level. brother Chris's name would definitely have to be Giancarlo. Giancarlo de Champagne. Oh, come on. <laughs> come on. That like would be that, that would like be out that of control. So I like you, Giancarlo. You, you said that all the way back to high school, you know, you did the drama stuff, you took the theater classes, you went to college. Did you see yourself as a, as a stand-up comedian? Did you see yourself as a serious actress? Did you want to do Shakespeare in the Park? I mean, what, what, right. what, what was your vision? Well, I mean, mostly I was – I, I feel like I'm a comedic actress. Like, I do a lot of theater, and I do a lot of, like, any kind of television or short film or film – uh, in the comedic actress area, but I, I, I was working in a lot of groups, like let's say in a theater company, I've been in many theater companies, then I've been in many sketch groups, and then I realized I, I loved humor, and as you get older, you start to kind of streamline, uh, you know, into one thing, and it wasn't easy to work in groups anymore, and that's when I, I really started to fall in love with stand-up. So for me, stand-up is like, it's a one-woman show. Anytime I want to go and perform, I can just go, and I got my set, and 
I uh, I was just about to be down in North Carolina for the um, Women's Comedy Festival, which was canceled because of all this sexual harassment stuff. I don't know if that's big down there right now, but huh. it was really, yeah, uh, there was a, I don't know, it's like D, DSI Comedy. They were having a Women's Comedy Festival, and they scheduled all these great comedians, and then they had to cancel the festival. But anyway, that's why I got into stand-up, and I kind of saw this, I, I, I don't know if I start try to answer your question, um, I don't think I had a specific route. I just knew that I liked drama, I liked um, comedy, and then it's just kind of the path that I went down. You know what I mean? Uh, on, Got it. On its own. Yeah. So. Uh, Maggie, I was looking at your one of your old – you had mentioned when we were talking earlier that it was one of your older reels that you might want us to check out some of the newer ones, but I saw you get killed by a chef. <laughs> <laughs> And so I was wondering, number one, how does it feel to watch yourself be killed on the screen? And number two, how does it feel to be killed by a chef with a cleaver? Oh, yeah, Chef Death, that's right. That, that's of the uh, Bikini Bloodbath trilogy, which is uh, really big in Germany and Japan. Uh, they love those films. Um, it's really fun. Horror, the horror genre, which is like how I got involved with Diane, uh, that's premiering in Fright Fest is one of it's one of the funnest like genres to work in, especially the comedic horror. You know, like uh, right. that that yeah that that was a lot of fun. I think that was maybe Bikini Bloodbath two. Uh, well, there's a car wash, Bikini Bloodbath car wash. I remember that. Oh, was, don't forget Bikini Christmas. Bloodbath Christmas. Christmas, yes, Bikini Bloodbath Christmas. Yeah, there was that one that was really fun. Yeah, and. Uh, that's fun. Those guys, um, they work in a lot of trauma pictures. Do you remember uh, the Toxic Avenger? Do you remember yeah. any of those? Yeah, like uh, those guys are all trauma people. So I, that, that's that's from the trauma family, and those are really fun people to work with. They make kind of like C, D, E, or S budget films, but there's always like a beer sponsor and a hot tub and like two weekends in, uh, two weeks in upstate New York, and the pay's not all that great, but it's a lot of fun to to work on this project. And to be well, killed me, is, is fun. Let me ask you this. I, I, I know a lot of actors, probably a, a disproportionate number for somebody that's not an actor like me. But every one of those actors, regardless of their talent level or their, their level of success in life, has a story about the part they almost got. What's yours? There's got to be something where you was down to two of you or down to three of you, and if you'd have gotten that part, you'd have gotten an Oscar. You know, early on in my career, I, re I remember I was doing this. I was probably like 19 years old, and I was doing this play uh, in the Lower East Side, and um, I played this, like, serious redneck girl like this, and I live up in a tree house, and I talk like this, and I, I had a brother, and then our, our mama was a snake handler, and it was like a really crazy play. And after the show, this woman comes up to me, and she's a producer, and she said, you, you have the best Southern voice. You're so funny. I'm working on this new cartoon. I need you to come to my office, and I want you to read for one of the roles. Now, this wasn't, this wasn't like an on-camera job, right? This is a voiceover job, so you would be like the voice of a cartoon or whatever. But I was so confused. I'd never done that. I'd never been pictured, uh, found, or, you know, and asked to come into an office. And you know what this show was? It was What's King that? of the Hill. No, no way. Wow. 
It was. And they didn't, you know, and you get a job like a voice or a gig like that, you're set for life. Those people make lots of money. Those those shows are, and they're so fun, you know, like, uh, but I, I, and so it, long story short, it was worse than I didn't even get it because I just didn't even go. I was oh, so nervous. My. Yeah, yeah, I know. That's, if I look back on my career, it was a regret of, I remember just being so dumb. Like, I was like, oh, I have to have a headshot, and my headshot doesn't look like me. And, 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 and the thing about voice work, as you and I know, like, I don't even know, I know what you guys look like, but we don't even know what we look like. We're, this is all about our voice, you know, this is all about, and, you know, you learn lessons like that. Like, that was just so, so that, if I look back in my life, that was probably, because I loved King of the Hill, and then that's just a, great show, you know, and that would have been a really fun show to, to voice over. But, uh, well, any any cartoon um, producers that are out there that have an idea, Maggie, <laughs> she'll show up this time, and this you know is, what, she may I bring guess, me yeah. and Brandon along with. We could just, we could have our That's own cartoon. Right. It'd be out of control. I can talk so, like a redneck all day long. Yeah. <laughs> I remember there was an episode um, where, I guess, on the Amy Schumer show where she was a contestant, and your accent is spot on, like Sanford, North Carolina accent. Totally. And then Amy, Amy tries it, and it just doesn't come off right. I mean, it's funny. Don't get me wrong, but it's harder. Like Chris doesn't give a, give us a lot of credit for our accents down here, and uh, I mean, it's harder than you would think, huh? It is. That's right. It's not. It's not easy to pull that cackalaka. That's not easy. No. Um, <laughs> yeah, but North Carolina women—they're fun. That, that, those are fun characters. Anytime I get a, a Southern woman, I love. And you know that the Lambert, Texas is different. It's a different kind of Southern accent, isn't it? It's, it's, a, com- it's a completely different yeah. accent. And, uh, yeah, Texan, if you tell them they've got a Southern accent, will probably call you out on that. Um, right. I, I think exactly. I've lost most of my Texas over the years. I've lived so many different places. But I think I slip back into it now and again. Um, but it's definitely a different one. And, and having – live so many different places, I think I'm less aware than a lot of people are because I'm just so accustomed to people having different accents. But I, I don't ever get confused about Brandon and his, his southern accent, though, because that's that's pretty cackalackish. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Just trying to keep yeah. it real. So we've got to wrap this up. I know you're I know you're busy. Can we can we get you to come back soon? Oh my God, for sure. Yeah, I can give you all the updates of what's happening in New York sports. <laughs> Beautiful. I know everything about New York sports. Listen. Well, we I, talked I, earlier, and you said you're a Mets and Rangers fan. I noticed that you left the Knicks off that list. Oh, yeah. I have been to one Knicks game. But, I mean, it was it was anticlimactic. I, my brother, my older brother, you know, to me, he was flying mm-hmm. to meet me, and I thought, to me, yeah, I thought, how sweet would it be that I'd take my brother to a, a basketball game? I don't know. He comes in. I get tickets to go to the Knicks. We're sitting there. I spent all my money. I was young, and my brother just fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> I said, "Well, I could have got you a, a hotel at the Ritz Carlton for this ticket prices to feed to fall asleep." Anyway, that's it. That's my whole experience with the Knicks. You know, it's like you know me going to a sporting event. It's kind of like when your woman asks you to go to a Broadway show. You know, like that's what it's like for me. I mean, I love sports to listen to them in the background when I'm taking a nap. But, but anything you need to know about New York sports, I'm always here. I'd love no, to come we're, back. We will definitely take you up on that. <laughs> Thanks again for hanging out. Sanford, don't forget about Maggie Champagne. She's more than a sun drop girl. 
and uh, one thank of our you. favorite daughters from here in Lee County. So thanks for thanks for coming out, and uh, <laughs> we'll talk. We'll talk hey, to you hey, soon. Chris. Yes. yes, hold on before we let her go. You know, on WBLZ, how do you find Maggie Champagne? Um, if they you want to catch up on what you're doing these days with Diane Premier and all that. Um, you know what? Pretty much the best way to do it is I have like a fan page on uh, Facebook, and that's uh, under Margaret Champagne. Um, that's the best place to hit, hit me up there, and it, it, what I'm doing and, and what's going on. Awesome. All right. So you can just, so you, you can just if, put that right in. If you want to find out more about what Maggie's got going on, go to Facebook, Margaret Champagne. And, uh, or that's you it. can do like me and go to YouTube and, and search for Sundrop Maggie Champagne, and it'll there come up go. every single time. Yes. All right. <laughs> we'll talk to you soon. Have a Sounds great, good. great day. Okay, you too, guys. Take it easy. Thanks for having me on. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. You grew up knowing you could do anything. As a soldier in the U.S. Army, you'll test your limits and feel the pride of doing things you never thought possible. With guaranteed training in one of more than 150 career fields, up to $40,000 cash enlistment bonus, you'll earn a steady paycheck, get money for college, and gain valuable experience while you learn how to be a valued team leader. To find out more, call your local Army recruiter or visit us at GoArmy.com. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. The V Foundation and board member Robin Roberts are dedicated to declaring victory over cancer by funding cutting-edge research. Jim Valvano's greatest legacy is the V Foundation. You can help join the fight, give the gift of time. We need passion, we need teamwork and momentum. The time to act is now. There's not a moment to lose. Every dollar counts. Every day counts. To find out how you can join us to defeat cancer, please visit JimmyV.org. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career that I could be proud of. At DAV, we're on a mission helping veterans of all generations get the benefits they've earned. I'm Cece. My victory was finishing my education. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats, everybody. I'm Chris DeLambert, Brandon Atkins, Professor Trent Nichols, and Diamond Dave Kaplis in the house. Give him a round of applause, guys. Woo! All right, all right, all right. Go, 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 so before you talk about anything, last week we selected our choices, the four of us, for the FedEx Cup. Who's in first place? Dustin Johnson's in first place. That's and not what he chose meant. Dustin That's Johnson? not what he meant. Yeah. Yeah, you know what I, I mean. I know what he means, but <laughs> it's a it's a not a marathon. I wouldn't say it's you know it's a four week deal. <laughs> but at this point, Dustin Johnson's in first place. Jordan Spieth right behind him. Justin Thomas, and then Hideki Matsuyama. So that's if we go as we're sitting. If we go clockwise, that's how the order is. However, if you total up our totals of places, oh, he's trying hard not for, yeah. for me not See, to be. See, but we are place. only right. taking the winners. That's so right. I understand. I understand. But if you gotta, if the more golfers you got towards the top, the better off you All are right. after the tour championship. So Brandon, because he has Harold Varner the third, 
who, by the way, made a huge move to get inside the top 100. He started like, what, 121 or something like that? Yep. He's now 91, so he moved up 30 spots. So that was a good weekend for her- the HV3, the Pirate. Buy low, sell high. That's, That's right. right. So, But his total is 124, but 91 is coming from Harold Varner, the third. And then, uh, Chris, you come in next at 79. Because so who's in first? Ali Schneiderjans. Nobody yet. Well, okay. Uh, and then Sergio uh, is also at 30th. And then you have Dustin Johnson, who if it were the end of day, you would be the winner, right? And Ricky Fowler uh, as your fourth pick. And then uh, Trent has Kepka, who's in seventh. Justin Thomas is his top horse right now in third. Kucher 15th and Stinson at 22nd. I think you're pretty well positioned there with – Four solid chances. But I know that it's a four-week deal. Right. So I know it's sort of the tortoise and the hare. But if you had your druthers, would you rather have the guy that was in third place or first place? I don't think it really matters because if you win – Well, here's why it doesn't matter. If you win at the tour championship and you're like in the top ten, you win. Gotcha. So, you know, it really doesn't matter. It matters who wins that last week most and foremost. But – Hideki Matsuyama is my top pick at fourth, but my overall count is at 46. Uh, seven, Good for you, Dave. Yeah, Good four, for you. But which, which outpaces you by one. Good for you. Oh, no, outpaces Trent by one. Yeah, Trent, so. you, guys are, you guys are doing your thing, but Dustin Johnson right. is out there out front. And like you said, the Tour Championship is the biggest piece of that. But uh, thanks for the so, update. So, so thanks the next the week is get inside the top 70 to continue on. They'll play this weekend at TPC in Boston in the Dell Championship. And um, I will tell you this. Uh, here's one of those trivia questions I don't know the answer to. to but stop! I, I kind of did. Stop it! Wait What's the highest position anyone came from to end up winning? And you don't know the answer. I do know the answer. I just can't think of the golfer. It happened in 2014. <laughs> it happened in 2014. He was in 82nd so wait, place. So after this week, we're going to have guys fall off of our foursomes. They'll get eliminated. Well, we we theoretically could have had it this week, but Harold Varner the third pulled Brandon through because he was oh, okay. he was outside the top one hundred, and then this week it's the top seventy, and then going into the Tour Championship. So, but top that 30. was his fifth pick, so it doesn't matter if he drops off. He still has Julie the Bulldog. I do want to let you know <laughs> the Bulldog. Yeah, yeah. She, you never know. She might come in. She's not s- doing. She's not doing much for me. <laughs> right. no, she's not really not. Week. She's really not. No. But but Grayson Murray's in seventieth. So Billy he Herschel. made the cut and kind of well, that's it. Billy Herschel. I couldn't think of his name. You got it. There's the answer. You got there. That's you go. why you, you're in first place. Yeah, that's, that's why you're in first place. This 2014, week. right? 2014. He was in 82nd, and uh, after the first week, he actually missed the cut. I think the first week, and then he uh, he could have won all three weeks, but he won the last two tournaments of the year, uh, Tour Championship being the final one, and ended up coming from out of nowhere to win. What's Billy Herschel doing now? Is he's he, not in he the FedEx at Cup. Uh, he's I don't know. He's that was ten million dollars. He works for <laughs> Fox. Who cares? Who cares? Right? He works for Fox on the uh, football show. Oh, <laughs> nice, nice. Oh, that's play. Herschel Walker. Never yeah. You know, yeah. we were talking about things that we need some memorabilia to put in the and things to put in the studio. I still don't see that backpack. Ooh. Oh, I got yeah. I got to bring it. Sorry. You know what? What also would work in here is a waterfall. <laughs> it would be nice. So when you're a ball a baller like Diamond D, who couldn't hang out, he was too gassed to like watch the fight. 
because he has friends who have waterfall pools right. at the end of the trail on their property. Past yeah. past the cabin. We got big timed. We got big timed <laughs> by one of our own. It's one thing to reach out to an athlete or something and they're like, ah, get up with you, whatever. No. We got big time by Diamond Dave. He doesn't even sit in one of the big boy chairs over here. And he's like, I can't, I can't come watch the fight with y'all because I'm sitting under a waterfall, drinking my ties, getting my toes did. Yeah. It was Well, it was it was not my ties. It was Miller Light because up in it was up in Rockingham County, and that was uh, unfortunately they closed the plant down, but they used to make a ton of Miller Light. So that's all anybody drinks up there. Miller Lite. Hmm. But anyway, it was a lot of Miller Lights. It was a beautiful Saturday afternoon, and there was a waterfall, and there and there was a pool. No, we saw the pictures. Yeah. <laughs> we saw the pictures. But, but what I'm thinking is when the Sonic Ice Machine and the Japanese oh, flat grill. Oh, here we go. And then you get a waterfall in the backyard, Brandon. Hold Ooh. on. He's got a he's got one of those rabbit turd ice machines? No, no, no he's saying that when I'm you get it, you. the only yeah. thing left for you is a waterfall, and I'm I'm down. Yeah. Oh, come on. Give me a I break. think I would just be useless in your backyard every weekend. Yeah. My cabin's not one mile down the road. My fu- <laughs> fully furnished cabin is actually only about 10 feet away from my house. Right. So this weekend, Jordan Spieth, I've, I've said this before, and I'm not anti-Jordan Spieth, but Jordan Spieth kind of showed that he's mortal. Can that I maybe, I, he You're the golf well. guy. I um, thought Dustin won it more right. than Spieth That's exactly lost where it. I was going. So Jordan Spieth was 5-0 when he had a two-stroke lead on Sunday. He had a three-stroke lead coming into Sunday, and Dustin Johnson really reeled him back in. Ultimately, Dustin Johnson hit the ball better than anybody in the field uh, the entire weekend, but he just wasn't making putts, and then some putts started to fall on Sunday, mm-hmm. and he was able to reel Jordan Spieth in and, and get him into a playoff. And, and it, it was an exciting golf tournament. Jordan Spieth shot 69. He had shot uh, 64 on Saturday, which 64 on a tournament where they're shooting 30 under is not that big of a deal. But you had uh, the two of them finished at 13 under. You had, uh, I think, uh, Jay Vegas. Jonathan Vegas, Johnny Vegas, yeah, your man, baby. your pick, yep. finished at nine under. And there, was, there wasn't there was but maybe 20 golfers under par, 20-some golfers under par. A lot of them shot well over par on Sunday. So I feel like Jordan Spieth equipped himself well, but he didn't win it. Well, yeah. And that's and, been the refrain for the Jordan Spieth defenders. And, you know, everybody's been on that bandwagon is, you know, hey, on Sunday he's unbeatable. Right. This takes away from that. You it know, does. not the end of Jordan Speeth. You know, future is going to play out, and we're going to see what Jordan Speeth is at the end of the day. But uh, an interesting set of developments, and I don't have any idea what's going on right now. Is there <laughs> is there a bomb threat? Is yeah. there yeah. is the fire alarm going off? What do we need I, to I do? I thought the ice cream get out, was run coming. for your lives. Yeah, the ice, ice cream, cream man was coming. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, I doubt it. Ice cream man. Ice cream man. Ice cream man. All right, very cool. Man, no, uh, I, I was scared there. I thought maybe you know World War Three was was started. Well, the thing yeah, there was so much animation <laughs> freaking out, but it was somebody's telephone. Well, and before you say, <clears throat> Spieth totally blew it. The putt. Nobody says Spieth totally blew it. The putt that Dustin hit to tie it up on eighteen. Well, yeah, was about what a twelve footer maybe. Right. And it rolled and hit every piece of that rim before it dropped in. I mean, it was a Pretty, it was a good putt, but it was fortunate. He could have easily missed that putt. Yeah, well, and, my and guy. Speed was a, but Dustin here's the Johnson deal. doing his thing. What, the cool thing is they're going to be paired up at the beginning of next week. 
Mm-hmm. And if they stay one and two, they're going to play a lot together. And Ooh. Dustin Johnson's a really quick player. And I noticed he started being a little more deliberate on Sunday and reading his putts. I think he was like, I got to get some ball. I got to get the ball in the hole here. But Jordan Spieth is kind of more of a deliberate player. You know, he really talks it out with his caddy and takes a long time. So that's an interesting dynamic. Plus, you got a bomber who overpowers the course, and then you got a grinder. So it's, it's really an interesting dynamic. And in and, and the end, we might be talking a month from now when this thing's over. Look, Jordan Spieth just won $10, $12 million, however much it is, and, and uh, is the best golfer in the world. And, yeah, so we'll see how it goes. They were Davis. talking about how that might not be good for Spieth because they were saying that it could be a little bit demoralizing. You hit like your best drive, and then Dustin puts it about 30 yards past yours on every hole. Right. That's kind of like when we're playing, you know, scramble or whatever, Texas Hold'em, whatever <laughs> you call it. <laughs> Texas scramble. It's Texas scramble. And, you, I, you know, I hit the best drive I've hit all day, and it's – 30 yards behind DC's or DeLambert's drive. So, I mean. I love that you threw me into the same category with DC. (laughs) Well, I saw you looking at me. Because our drives might be equal distance off the tee, but generally his is somewhere at least in the short grass, and there's no no telling where mine might be. But We can find it. We can can generally, yeah, if we can find it. But good analysis there, Brandon. That's my question is, is as a young guy, and I know Spieth is, you know, he's pro, he's doing all that stuff. There has to be that sort of inclination to muscle one up and, and just show Dustin Johnson something. I can do that too. But, yeah. you know, well, if he, he does, won. he's he getting away from his game. game. In the playoff on 18, when he hit his drive, you knew the hole was over. Like, right. I mean, you could see it on Spieth's face. But, uh, yeah. anyway, it's pretty impressive. Yeehaw, yeah. where's Tiger? Uh, he's on his yacht somewhere, I think. He's right? on Jupiter. Got He's it. hanging out with, uh, what was his name? Uh, I don't know, your friend with the waterfall? No. <laughs> I can't think of it. Billy Herschel. He's hanging out with Billy Herschel. All right, we'll see you on the other side. Thanks for listening to From the Cheap Seats. You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brandon Adkins on From the Cheap Seats, a production of Cheap Seats Radio. When I was just a tiny baby, I was stolen from my parents. I was imprisoned in a cramped cage and was touched and photographed completely against my will, solely for somebody's profit. Then I started to grow bigger, and they locked me away for life. If you knew that was the life of a tiger cub, would you still pay to pet her? Learn how they're exploited through petting and photo ops at cubabuse.com. Hello, I'm Rob Beckley, lead singer of the band Pillar. I served in the Army Reserve for eight years, and it taught me lessons in teamwork, leadership, and organizational skills that I still use today. Serving part-time in the Army Reserve also offers skill training, money for college, and bonuses up to $20,000. So if you're up to the challenge, talk to your local Army Reserve recruiter today or check us out online at GoArmyReserve.com. You too can be Army strong in the Army Reserve. Everyone deserves a decent place to live. Everyone. Kiramutu todos. Decent shelter is something we all need to thrive. Through shelter, we empower. Visit Habitat.org to donate today. 
You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brad Atkins on From the Cheap Seats. Two guys who knew more about sports than all those guys who used to work at ESPN. All right. Last half hour, guys. we got a couple segments left to go. If you've made it this far out there in Radio Land, thanks for hanging out. WBLZ, the sports app. Thanks to all the guys at WBLZ. They do a lot for us. They sure do. We appreciate you. And I think we still owe them promos or something. I don't know, man. Um, so, Wednesday night, August 30th, libations, purveyors of craft beer and fine wines. Is that how you do it? No, libations in downtown Sanford will be doing trivia over there. Come out and join us. Trent, you uh, you played super sub the other day, man. and killed it. And I noticed, I, I was, I, I almost called you about this. Up until this week when they put their event on Facebook, they used to put hosted by Chris DeLambert. Now it doesn't say that. And I'm oh. like, oh, they figured out the magic's not in that. Trent can come in and do it just the same. So I've got to step my game up this week. I've got to step my game up. I'm like, oh, it's not hosted by Chris DeLambert anymore. All right. Little subtle marketing change. I know, right? And they're like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's cool. All Thanks, you need to Chris, know about All you need to know about that is if you drive up, if there's a Jimmy Keene sighting, get back in your car and go home. Dude. Because it's lights out. No, it's it's sort of like, uh, you know, McGregor Mayweather. You know, you're the one that said it was such a big deal. You know, Jimmy Keene's kind of the Floyd Mayweather of trivia in Lee County. Yeah. But, yeah, come on out. We'll have fun. Um, should we tease one of, the, one of the topics? You know, it's always timely stuff. So there will definitely, definitely, definitely be a boxing category. And it would probably, if I were going to guess, center around all-time records and all-time great fighters. Is that timely enough? Absolutely. All right, cool. Mm-hmm. Kaplan? Well, hey, I will tell you, it's the last Wednesday before choir starts. Uh-oh. Oh, well, you better make it out. I man. better make it. Baritone. <laughs> Baritone, Baritone Dave doing Baritone his thing. D, that's right. All right, so college football starts in earnest this weekend, right? Yep. Is it fair to say – that everybody in the country, when you look at the NC, the the uh, BCS playoff, or what do you even call it anymore? The college national championship playoff. playoff. College I, football playoff. Last two out of three years, they've called it the it's, ACC champion. Oh, my God. Ship. <laughs> I, I just poked myself in the eye with something. <laughs> I, I don't know what happened. Is it fair to say that everybody in the country, every analyst is going to pencil in Alabama into that final four? Yes. No, yeah. Yeah, yes. everybody agrees. So we're of one mind. Is it fair to say everybody's got Ohio State penciled in? In the final four, yes. Okay, mm-hmm. so Alabama, yep. Ohio State. Does anybody want to make a case for any other school being an automatic? Oh, no. An automatic? Yeah, an automatic. No. Because I think at this point, and obviously things could happen. You've got this big matchup with Florida, with Florida State, Alabama. Anything could happen there. The ACC, you can't call it because you've got Clemson, Florida State. You've even got Louisville that's a, a legit player. Yeah. And I know you guys are going to want to throw UNC into the mix, but whatever. No, we won't. No. Oh, we're, no. Wow. We're not. No. Well, okay. No more I'm Mitch. a little surprised by that. But you're, there yeah. are bounds no to your homerism. So I'm, I'm impressed with that, guys. But, no, you've got Florida State, Clemson. And I like Louisville as a dark horse. So that's kind of a, a mashup out in the pack 12 and I have no ACC teams in my playoffs. That's funny that you say that. You're Talk welcome. Talk me through that, Trent. All right. 
So my line of thinking is, yes, Alabama and Ohio State are going to go through there. I yes. know Bob Stoops retired. Stoops. Yep. I have Oklahoma representing my dark horse, which a lot of people pick USC to get into the top four. Florida State and USC are kind of the favorites. Keep an eye on Stanford. Stanford? Stanford has a team that they could win the the uh, the Pac-12. The, uh, Pac what do they call this uh, thing anymore? I don't even anymore. know anymore. There's like 18 the teams The Pac-18? And I have a dark horse that has one of the easiest schedules that could sneak in there too. Wisconsin Badgers. Well, if Wisconsin gets in, I'll be honest with you, at this point, I don't think the Big Ten is strong enough to put two teams in. Mm-hmm. So if we're going to pencil in Ohio State, right. I don't the the op you know the the idea of having Ohio Ohio State and Wisconsin in there, but I don't at, know if I can get down. But at the with end that. of the day, Wisconsin has some of the best odds of going undefeated, which will put them in the top four. All right, after even that, even with I'm, some of these other one loss teams. Interesting. After that analysis, we might have to cut Trent's mic off again. Wow. <laughs> Because because no. he dared to say that there might not be an ACC team in the Final Four. Okay, depending no, on go ahead. The, you've you've the, got seven and a half minutes. Please, I, well, have I don't even need that much time. And and wait, Brandon, I don't even have a mic, buddy. Oh, <laughs> he dropped the mic, not in a good way. It just broke <laughs> on the floor. Um, no, I mean, I would say. Back to your original question, the no-brainer lock would be Florida State out of the ACC, but they're in that meat grinder. Which one is that? Is that the Atlantic or the Coastal? I can't remember. Nah, it's the good. Side. It's the good side. Yeah, what, you the, know, Clemson's a lot of homework in there. done there, wasn't it? Yeah. You know, Clemson's in there. So I would call Florida State to be the lock, except they're in that meat grinder. But one of the two, Clemson or Florida State, is going to be in the Final Four. I mean, I'm not going to argue with that because I would say that if I had, you know, if I had a gun to my head today and I had to choose one of two teams from the ACC, Clemson and Florida State <laughs> would be one of them. Really, way to go out on a limb there. No, hey, either just... Florida State or Clemson's going to get in. Probably they are. Okay. But I don't think that they're virtual locks. I think when you look at it, I think that Ohio State with JT Barrett coming back and Ohio State, you know, are they going to be a one-loss team? Are they going to be undefeated? If I had to look at one team in the Big Ten, I'd say Ohio State stands the most likely to come out of the Big Ten, and I don't think they're going to lose more than one ball game. So I think that Ohio State is close to a lock. Alabama, it's funny because this speaks to the argument that you just made very badly. Alabama, I think, is the best team in the country on paper. But I also think that the SEC really doesn't have anybody that can challenge them. I mean, who's going to come out of the SEC that we honestly look at it now and say, yeah, they could beat Alabama in the in the SEC championship? Well, you know, the good news is that Florida State and Alabama play September 2nd. They do. And, and, and I love right. the fact that they put that game on the schedule. In the bigger scheme of thing, that's not going to determine who gets into the national championship playoff. It's not going to make any difference. Um, if Florida State wins, I think it has yeah. a big determinative. And by the way – no, not really. Get well, ready to introduce. Assuming they win the Atlantic. Get ready to, assuming yeah. they win the Atlantic, but if they win the Atlantic anyway, they're going into the the. They're probably going to go to whoever the playoff. Win, whoever wins right. this game is going to be in the Final Four. Just you go ahead oh. and cancel Christmas. Derwin James. 
Have you heard about this cat for Florida I, State? Tell me about this guy. I'm 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 telling you that if, I can promise you, Nick Saban is not sleeping very much. This dude can literally play anywhere on the field in defense. They're going to move him all over the place. I'm not saying that one person can beat a team, but Alabama is talented as they are on defense. They don't have one player like this guy. And I think that we're going to be mentioning his name often, and you're going to be looking back and playing this back going, man, Brandon, when I was telling him his analysis wasn't that good, he was just preaching straight I didn't say your analysis wasn't good. I said that your argument wasn't good because you're saying, first of all, that either Clemson or Florida State is going to get into the playoff. Probably no. What I was but saying you is give that me a, you you haven't given me a reason as to why Florida State or Clemson is going to get out of there. I, so I don't it, I don't see what you're trying to convince me. I, of. I'm just saying that that division in the ACC is the easily the best in college football. That that division of that the conference. Atlantic. The so Atlantic. more than likely, the if Florida State loses to Alabama, there's a really good shot they'll lose again. Oh, yeah. So what They're, two so lost team is going to make the playoffs? That's where and your that's question where comes in. In Oklahoma, maybe a USC or a Stanford or a Wisconsin it, will have a better record. And don't leave Washington out of hold the on, equation. Now, Washington was in it last year. Are you talking about again, the, who are they going to lose to? Are you talking about the third Louisville? Right. UNC, okay. Clemson? I mean, but, but you're talking, you, you well, can't say that the ACC, USC. and this is the argument I'm waiting on you to make, is you want to be able to say the ACC is the best football conference in the country. It is. If not, the ACC is uh, the not. best football conference in the country, like you like to say and make my head hurt, then you have to have teams in there that are capable of beating your top two. The if, reason that you can argue that the SEC is not number one, is because Alabama's so head and shoulders above everybody. The days of Tennessee, Florida, Auburn, and the rest of them, and LSU being on that level are gone. You're talking about Alabama is... Florida. Florida has been very hit or miss through the last few years. So, my my point to you is, you can't say, well, the SEC sucks because all it's got is Alabama. Who said that? But then come back and say, well, the ACC is better because we've got two teams, Florida and Clemson, Florida State. I mean, Louisville. Louisville's going to do some damage this year. Okay, so if Louisville's going to do some damage, are they going to beat everybody but they don't have a chance against Clemson and Florida State? Wait a minute. We're talking about the third best conference in football in the SEC, right? Oh, my God. The SEC? I'm not an SEC fan, but that's ludicrous. I, I mean, agree, it's ludicrous. I agree with Chris on this one. <laughs> the SEC is the best football conference in America. I get that Alabama has kind of killed it because they're so much better. It right. used to be that the SEC championship was a big deal, and LSU was right there, and Florida was in the mix all the time, Tennessee and the rest of them. It hadn't been that for the last few years, and Alabama has outgrown Everybody, But, Chris, even without Alabama outgrowing everybody, the other teams are a lot better than a lot of these other conferences. I agree. That's you know? what I'm saying. Exactly. Is that we've gotten ourselves a little, a little out of that because if you take the ACC and you stack their top eight against the SEC's top eight, the SEC's going to win that series on most occasions. Aren't we going to see a lot of those games? If you stack them up against the Big Ten. We're going to see a lot of those games this year, I think. I hope so. Um, yeah. So the t- I mean, it, and I'm not. That'll State, tell the tale. Syracuse, they're not. Fellas, Duke. I know that North Carolina is in the South from a technical standpoint. Okay, we're not. However, we're in the South, but we're not true South. That, and that's what I'm telling you is that I have lived a, most of my adult life in the South. South, 
Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, Florida. It's a different animal. And SEC fan out there, if you went in there and you tried to make an argument that the ACC is on par with them, well, first of all, if you made an argument that the Big Ten was on par with them, they would want to fight you. If you came in and tried to convince them that the ACC was on par football-wise, they would fight all you. All right, where would you start that argument? Would it be total national championships in the playoff? I mean, uh, where would you start that argument? We're talking about a five-year window with two teams. And I, I love that the ACC is in that mix. By the way, while you're all looking at me crazy already, I might as well slip this in. NC State is my dark horse this year. Watch those guys. So wait a minute. NC State is your dark horse, but nobody can beat Clemson and Florida State. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> NC State is my dark horse. That's Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. You grew up knowing you could do anything. As a soldier in the U.S. Army, you'll test your limits and feel the pride of doing things you never thought possible. With guaranteed training in one of more than 150 career fields, up to $40,000 cash enlistment bonus, you'll earn a steady paycheck get money for college, and gain valuable experience while you learn how to be a valued team leader. To find out more, call your local Army recruiter or visit us at GoArmy.com. They're strong, and then there's Army strong. The V Foundation and board member Robin Roberts are dedicated to declaring victory over cancer by funding cutting-edge research. Jim Valvano's greatest legacy is the V Foundation. You can help join the fight, give the gift of time. We need passion, we need teamwork and momentum. The time to act is now. There's not a moment to lose. Every dollar counts, every day counts. To find out how you can join us to defeat cancer, please visit jimmyv.org. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career that I could be proud of. At DAV, we're on a mission, helping veterans of all generations get the benefits they've earned. I'm Cece. My victory was finishing my education. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seat. Last 15 minutes, guys. I'm Chris Lambert, Brandon Atkins, Professor Trent Nichols, David Kaplan. Um, we've been analyzing everything from, I don't know, Broadway musicals through to uh, entomology of last names. Yep. Little Conor McGregor, Floyd Mayweather action. Off, I don't know. Off but the air. Then, then everything sort of devolved into <laughs> this college football Discussion and off the air, I tried to trade Chris Lambert for Diamond D. Kaplan, and Chris didn't pass his physical. So I'm gonna have to have you. You're gonna have to throw Trent into this trade. But you've got 30 yeah. seconds. I do want to. I want. I want to ask this one question. The story coming around out of Cleveland is that Isaiah Thomas is more more hurt than Boston let on. Sure. If this trade goes through, and Boston adds a pick to it to sweeten the deal. So it's essentially Jay Crowder and Zizic for the Nets. Oh, I'm sorry. For Kyrie Irving. Yep. And then there's some picks involved. But for this coming year, if you add Crowder and Zizic to the Cleveland roster and Kyrie to Boston, I think it's indisputable that Boston is number one in the East. Is that is that I, fair? I originally thought that, and I know we're trying to keep this short, I think 
then I remembered what Crowder did to against Cleveland in the Eastern Conference Finals. Finals. Don't sleep on Crowder. But the big thing that you didn't even mention is the Nets' first round pick. I'm talking about this right. next season. I'm t- okay. That has no bearing on where they finish in 2017-2018. Because Jay Z's got 99 problems, but winning playoff games aren't one. <laughs> Dude. I'm just telling you, that pick's going to be solid. Of course it's going to be solid. Isaiah may be out five games I, or 25 I'm, I'm, I'm saying if you t- – you guys, God, Jesus, y'all are, are like built in wanting to argue with me. I'm asking the question. I, here we go. If Crowder and Zizich go to Cleveland, okay. Irving comes to Boston, picks a side because they have no bearing on the 2017-2018 season, which – is Boston your clear number one at that point? Just those things that you've mentioned? Yes. yes by hair. You really think just by a hair? By a hair. They Dude, still I have, think Cleveland is Cleveland like a four or a five at that point. I think that just how it is right now and Isaiah comes back and he's healthy, only misses five games, I still pick Boston right now to win the East, the number one. Uh, I would I would agree with you. And if you subtract Isaiah Thomas and say he misses the whole year is ineffective – I really think that Cleveland slips down below Milwaukee and Washington because now you're really talking about LeBron is on you, dog. Right. I get what you're saying about Crowder, but you really honestly think that it's just a hair between. You're allowed to think that. I think the deal's good. That's not what you're talking about. The deal's good. But you still got to remember there's a guy who wears 23 in Cleveland. I mean, he's pretty good. So I'm just saying, yeah, buy a hair. You still think they would be the favorite in the East? I didn't say that. I said Boston would be favorite okay, by but hair. Okay, buy a hair. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. I, me, personally, if if Isaiah Thomas is not healthy and this trade goes through and it's Crowder and Zizich for next year, I really think they're the four. Okay. I, I would take Washington and Milwaukee ahead of them. We'll see. But uh, we've got to, you 10 minutes go have, left, you and we to, have got to get to our power rankings, which were supposed to be in, like, segment two, but instead we were arguing about Michael Vick and Chris Carter. So here's what we're going to do every single week. And this is one of those algorithms that nobody understands, but we put all this data into a machine yeah. – and it comes out and it spits out the from the cheap seats power rankings for the NFL. Now, we're not going to bore you every week with 1 through 32, but what we are going to cover is our top five and our bottom five each week as we go through the season. Does everybody follow that? Gotcha. Trent. Yes, sir. Who are our bottom five? Starting at number... 28 or 32? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 20, 28? Yeah. Working our way down. The name that came out at number 28, the Buffalo Bills. The Bills have got problems. The Bills have got problems, and Tyrod Taylor now is in concussion protocol. I think Anquan Bolden rolled him, man. That really screwed things up. I think they thought they were okay to get through a season, and Mike Williams going out there, they get the pick, they get the corner, and then Anquan Bolden's like, Peace. I expect them to uh, plummet down to about 31, 32. Wow. Now, still got Shady McCoy, though. Yeah, they're tanking. They're tanking? They're tanking. You think it's over? Yep. All right. At 29. 20, 29, you've got Mitchell and the Chicago Bears. That hurts your feelings a little bit, doesn't it? Not really. I think, you know, I watched 
a lot of – in fact, I think I watched the whole thing, the Chicago preseason game the other day, and I've watched a little bit to see Mitchell Trubisky because it's a regional thing and, and all the rest of that. Trubisky's going to be okay. But I don't know if Trubisky's going to be a star in the NFL. The other piece of that, too, is Mike Glennon showed me what Mike Glennon is. Mike Glennon has as much arm talent as anybody, but he's erratic. Um, Glennon's going to play well enough that Trubisky's not just going to get handed that job. We'll see how it goes, but Chicago could have real problems. And now they've lost their top receiver from last year, Cameron Meredith. That's huge. Jordan Howard, going to do Jordan Howard things. Big year for him. I expect 1,500 yards. I hope so. Yeah, you do. <laughs> Next up. Team. Number 30, the Kaepernick-less 49ers. 49ers are a train wreck. Just mud. Just mud. That's all we got? <laughs> Just mud? Just mud. You know you're in a bad spot when you're like 22 and you're like, you know what, I'm going to retire. I don't want to play for these guys was, anymore. Yeah. I was almost rookie defensive player of the year, but I just retire. Yeah, no. Bounce. Keep on going. Mud, I think that, that says enough. <laughs> Number 31, Chris's favorite team, the Cleveland Browns. The Browns are a disaster. They're a disaster. Now, Hugh Jackson is one of those cult of personality type guys who may rally this team to win some games they shouldn't win. But on paper, they're just a mess. He just picked Kaiser for a starter, right? Yep. Maybe. I mean, it's the most non-committal choice. Yeah, but it's the most non-committal choice ever. You know, last year he took Cody Kessler and tried to convince the world that Cody Kessler was going to be the next big thing. Kessler, it's it's a mess. Hugh Jackson is, uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. That that franchise is a disaster. Kaiser gets to be, I don't know, what, the 35th quarterback in the last 28 years or something. We'll see how that shakes out for them. You know, maybe they're on to something. Eventually they have to cap- capture lightning on the bottle. At the beloved 32, the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. And I think that's right where New York wants to be. They're in the, they're in the Sam Darnold sweepstakes at this point, and uh, I think the Jets are going to tank – Period, which is an interesting philosophy, and I don't know how the players are going to take to that, but I think that could go really sideways really fast down there in New York. They're on a five-year tank job plan, hoping that Tom Brady is gone in five years. Right. You're not going to win that division as long as he's there. All right, at number five, who do we have? The Seattle Seahawks. I like the Seahawks. Ooh. I like the Seahawks. And the Seahawks are funny because they just seem to be able to plug in one running back after the other. They're going to do it again this year. They got that kid, Russell Wilson, that played with Wisconsin. I think Russell Wilson – Russell Wilson Badger. to me still – Badgers. I'm not going to lie. Russell Wilson to me is still a little bit overrated. Um, but he has enough weapons around him. That defense is going to be nasty. Um, they don't play in a great division to start with. I think Seattle's. I think Seattle's strong at five. Go ahead. From the frozen tundra, <laughs> the Green Bay Packers at number four. Aaron Rodgers, dog. Yeah. And then you look at the rest of the division. It, I don't know. Nah, that division could be tough, man. Yeah, but they're transitional. Like Vikings are post Adrian P- look, Peterson era. I, Detroit Lions. Uh, the Lions are always that team that teases you on paper. Uh, but I'm going to tell you what, I think the Vikings are going to do some damage this year. You know, this now is Sam Bradford's offense. Um, the, are they going to miss Adrian Peterson? Yeah, but they're not going to miss all the hoopla associated with him. And that defense is nasty. I hear you. Nasty. So I like the, I like the Green Bay pick. 
Um, a lot of that's going to have to do with how they perform against Minnesota. But Green Bay at four, eh, all right, I'll buy that. Number three, the Pittsburgh Steelers. No, I can't get oh, yes. down with that. Can't yes. get down with that. I'm going to have to argue with the computer. Um, ben Roethlisberger, you know, is is as as overrated as I said that Russell Wilson is. I think that Ben Roethlisberger, as much as it pains me to say it, is underrated. He kind of gets lost in the conversations about Brady and Manning and those guys from this era. But Ben Roethlisberger is money. Uh, but on defense, they've still got question marks. Le'Veon Bell and the whole holdout situation. I don't know, man. I, I'm not feeling them at three. So the preseason, I mean, generically right now, the New England Patriots is number one. The Falcons is number two. Talking about a team that slipped – from the computer, the one that questioned, number seven, the Cowboys. Do you think that's a fair spot for them right now? I think that's an incomplete right now because I don't know how the impact of, of Zeke not being there is going to play. The other thing, too, though, is Doug Free. What's been the core of that Cowboys team has been the offensive line. This is the first major subtraction from that offensive line. If they can open up holes like Zeke was running through last year, they're not going to miss a beat with McFadden or Morris or whomever. They're going to be okay. And it's not going to be a 1,600-yard type season, but they'll run the ball effectively enough to use Bryant and the rest of those guys in the passing game. I I don't know, though, man. Offensive line, that chemistry that they were working with, I ESPN think, I think has them up there as well, like ESPN's number four. ESPN's a bunch of idiots, so you know? I don't care. There's a lot of people hey, put them as number four. We're kind of hoping to be picked up by those guys. At some <laughs> well, point. I'll change my tune. I don't, you know. I really like the, Think how much better we would make ESPN. The, the yeah. Raiders at number six is another one. I think they can creep their way up and maybe even surpass the Steelers. I'm on the Raiders train. I'm on the Raiders train. And, and I think this is a down year for the Broncos. So I think that that opens a door. The Chiefs are going to be really, really tough out west. But uh, we'll have to wait and see. Thanks for hanging out on From the Cheap Seats. We'll see you next week. You guys are the greatest. Thanks for getting us into the top 200 on iTunes. We'll see you next week. You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brandon Adkins on From the Cheap Seats, a production of Cheap Seats Radio. When I was just a tiny baby, I was stolen from my parents. I was imprisoned in a cramped cage and was touched and photographed completely against my will, solely for somebody's profit. Then I started to grow bigger, and they locked me away for life. If you knew that was the life of a tiger cub, would you still pay to pet her? Learn how they're exploited through petting and photo ops at cubabuse.com. Hello, I'm Rob Beckley, lead singer of the band Pillar. I served in the Army Reserve for eight years, and it taught me lessons in teamwork, leadership, and organizational skills that I still use today. Serving part-time in the Army Reserve also offers skill training, money for college, and bonuses up to $20,000. So if you're up to the challenge, talk to your local Army Reserve recruiter today, or check us out online at GoArmyReserve.com. You too can be Army strong in the Army Reserve. Everyone deserves a decent place to live. Everyone. Decent shelter is something we all need to thrive. Through shelter, we empower. Visit Habitat.org to donate today.